Hello, it's a short one today, but we have two interviews for the price of none, both with a youthful aspect. Well, hello there. Uh, uh, next week, I'm about to interview the oldest person who's contributing to this podcast, and imminently, I'm going to speak to the youngest contributor to this podcast. So, I'm going to ask him who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. I'm Alex Midwood. And what did you do in Doctor Who, Alex? I was Catherine Tate's son, who was Donna in Doctor Who. Yes, you were you were Joshua in uh, in the Forest of the Dead. You were her ma- sort of imaginary um, son in an alternate reality. So how, how did you, how did you get the part? How did how did uh, the job come about? Uh, I went for an audition and was lucky enough to get the job. And do, do, I mean, when you audition for something like that, do you all do you see the other auditionees? Are you all sort of in a room waiting and uh, uh, and sort of checking each other out. Um, well, I was quite young then, so I wasn't really. I'm checking on ours. So we were all waiting and then we got called in in um pairs of boy and girl. Ah, uh, I see. So did did so did they have were they sort of experimenting to see if you fitted together as brother and sister with, with different girls? Oh uh, yeah, I think that and so that they'd have someone reading for the part of the girl as well. Yeah. And then they could do both auditions. And did you did you then have a recall, or were you offered were you offered it on the strength of just the one audition? I was then offered it. Brilliant! That must have been pretty exciting. Were you a fan of Doctor Who before that? Um, no, not really. I hadn't seen any of the episodes. Right? Did you did you did you do a bit of catching up then, or or did you was it fine to just go into it fresh? We tried to. We got the box set of them and tried to watch all of them before. Um. Uh, before my one came out on TV, so right. I could kind of understand what was, what happened before that. Right, and and did you? Uh, so, because some people just simply don't understand science fiction, or were you, or were you were you okay with it? No, I was okay with it. I understood. Good, good, because it's quite. A, I I have a few people who <laughs> who who couldn't quite understand what was happening uh, to Catherine Tate in 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 the story, but they're they're my friends are all very old. Um, so um so how 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 long was the shoot how long did you did, were you in the show for Um I think it was um about 8 days Wow it's quite a hefty job isn't it Yeah And uh, so did you get to know Catherine Tate well Um yeah a bit And what about your 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 uh, 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 your, your your fictional sister um, yeah, we went, um, got the same train um, back and there, so, yeah, chatting lots. And they put you up in a hotel, I take it. Do you have to have, because you're young, you, you're young, do you have to have your, your mum and dad with you? Yes, my um, mum was chaperoning me. Oh, that's quite fun for mum, being on, being on a TV set, having a kid in Doctor Who, I think that's a... Oh, I'd be, yeah. I'm very jealous. So, tell me about yourself. So, when when did the desire to become an actor um, happen? Well, uh, I like doing acting at Stagecoach best. I liked all all of the singing and dancing as well, but acting was my favourite thing. 
um, something that's little, something that's four. Wow. And it's stagecoach, it's, it's, it's something, so it teaches you all the disciplines. You do singing, you do dancing, you do acting. Yeah, but I, I'd always preferred acting. Yeah, I can understand that. As somebody who can't sing and can't dance, I find acting a lot easier. <laughs> um, and so, where? Wow, so your parents have encouraged you in, 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 in this? Is there a theatrical background in the family? No. 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 And do you have brothers and sisters? No, just me. So it's just you. And uh, and how's it going? You've uh, you, you, What other work have you done? Um, well, I did some stuff in Southcliffe that was on TV not long ago. And, and uh, How I Live Now, which is a film coming out soon. Oh, fabulous. What did you do in that? Um, in How I Live Now is one of the um, extras when... Um, Southcliffe, I was one of the boys' friends. I and so do you, ha- do you have an agent? Scenes. Pardon? Do you have an agent that puts you up for, for, for work uh, there? Stage, I'm in the stagecoach agency. Ah, the, OK, so they, they, they teach you and they sort of represent you as well. Fabulous. And um, do, is it something you, you see yourself doing in 40 years' time? Uh, hopefully, yes. And do, what, what do you prefer... Do you have a preference between filming and doing sort of live stage acting? Um, I like, I like both, but I prefer filming. Obviously, kids watch Doctor Who. Um, my kids watch Doctor Who, um, and you go to school with kids who much <laughs> must watch Doctor Who. So, was what was it like going to school the night, the week after you'd been in Doctor Who? Did people suddenly pay you a lot more attention? Um, well, I went round with. It was a book that I got some pictures in and showing people and everyone was really interested and um, asked me questions about it and stuff. Oh, that's fabulous. And uh, what do you? What does it feel like when you watch yourself on the telly? Do you get self-conscious about it or do you, do you get a secret kick out of it, really? <laughs> um, it feels a bit weird to be watching myself, but I don't really feel anxious. Do you do that thing of going, oh, I wish I hadn't done it like that. I wish I'd done that instead. You know, you're quite critical of yourself. Um, a bit, because I think I sound really weird, like really high on camera. Ah, because we don't, of course, we don't hear what we sound like normally, of course. Uh. No, that is a strange thing. Um, and do you, do you remember much of the d- d- the director? Do you get that? Because, um, you know, d- d- was, the, was there much direction of performance and things like that on the day? Yes, I was. Um, I remember it was called Eros Lynn. Mm. It was really friendly, and I got a picture of him with as well. Oh, very nice, very nice. And I, but I suppose you didn't, you didn't do any scenes with. I'm just trying to think. You didn't do any scenes with David Tennant, or did you? No, no. I didn't. So did you not get to meet the Doctor? I, I did. Luckily, I got to see him. I was just going into my trailer, then I saw him, so I really said hello. Oh, fabulous! And how was he? He's really nice. He's, I, th- yeah. I, I think he might be the nicest man on the planet. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very nice man. Cool. And do, do you have any memories that I haven't touched on of the, of the filming? Well, yeah, it was... Even though it wasn't really, um, like, playing, but it was enjoyable doing the filming. It wasn't boring stuff that we did, even though we did it lots and lots. It was all enjoyable scenes. And they weren't boring or... Getting me annoyed or anything was enjoyable. Oh, good, 
good. You sound like you had a blast. What a lot of fun. Because filming can be very, very tedious when you have to do the same things over and over again. Um, but good. Well, and um, well, it just remains for me to ask you to nominate a charity, uh, if you would. Um, a Battersea Dogs and Cats Homes. So we've got our cats from there. Brilliant. And uh, Doctor Who is 50 years old this year, so you've contributed to something that's a <laughs> cultural icon. Uh, and Doctor Who fans all over the world listen to this podcast, so do you have a message to the Doctor Who fans listening in this 50th year of Doctor Who? Um, Alonzi? <laughs> Very good. That's superb. Oh, well, Alex, thank you so much. That's been a real pleasure, and I hope that was okay right. for you. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. You take care. Oh, thanks to Alex. What a polite young man, and I hope his career goes from strength to strength. Thanks, too, to his very nice mum, Penny Anderson, who facilitated that. So, uh, we've got a bonus. Uh, if you're the sort of person that uh, uh, queried the canonicity of uh, uh, Toby Hedrick's Suzerain number 82 because uh, it interviewed Gillian Martell off of K9 and Company, well, oh, you're going to love this one. But uh, I'm rather tickled that I have... Uh, managed to uh, put a tick by this particular Doctor Who story. Um, all right, so this is Gorilla Podcasting on the fly. I'm with a gentleman who's going to knock off another Doctor Who story on my list, so I'm going to ask him to tell me who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. So I'm Gareth Jenkins, and uh, Jim fixed it for me to meet Colin Baker on Jim Will Fix It in the 1980s. And do you have happy memories of working on A Fix With The Sontaran? I do, actually, yeah. Colin was... Uh, a lovely, lovely man, and so was Janet Fielding, who was also in the episode, a lovely, lovely woman. Um, and for an eight-year-old boy who was a massive fan of Doctor Who, it was a dream come true. So how did you find out? Did they ring you up to tell you? Or? No, you had to write a letter in, uh, and then they sent uh, a BBC researcher to come over and visit me in my home and check me out, and uh, after that, yeah, the, the fix was made. Brilliant. And uh, have you still got your Jim will fix it? Uh, what's it called? Medal? Badge. Yeah, badge. Yeah, definitely still got it. Proud possession of mine. And what, so what do you do now? Tell us about what Gareth Jenkins has done well, so, well, so now I'm um, head of campaigns at the charity Save the Children. So um, I'd be very, very happy for people to um, give a donation to the work that we do at Save the Children. Um, especially for our current appeal for um, the crisis in Syria and helping refugee children uh, from Syria who are now... Um, trying to survive in some terrible conditions in the camps of Lebanon and Jordan and Iraq. So, Gareth Jenkins, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Yeah, thank right. you. Thanks Cheers. You. No, pleasure. Thanks to Gareth and to Alex and to Penny and to Andrew Smith for lining up the interview with Alex. Yes, Andrew Smith off a of full circle. Who's round at number two many moons ago? Uh, the charities are uh, Battersea Dogs Home, which is www.battersea.org.uk, Battersea, all one word, .org.uk, and Save the Children, www.savethechildren.org.uk, savethechildren.org.uk. I'm far too busy to be editing trailers and things like that, but as this is a short one, I'll bung you a couple together. I'm supposed to be writing a play for Radio 4, don't you know? Um, until the next time, stay well, stay good, keep listening, and uh, there'll be another one of these along very soon. In the meantime, ta-ta for now.
Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. More, more interviews. Well, it was a major role for me early on in my television career. And it was... Well, I suppose it was the first... You know, there were scenes that depended on me and not... I wasn't just walking in and walking out and I was in command of the scenes for several of the scenes in several of the episodes. And that was a challenge to me. Could I do it and would I be convincing? And I, I think I was. I mean, I look back at it now, as you know, I'm, I'm 78 now and, and uh, it's a different person from the person I am now. But I, I watched it today and I thought, the boy did good. Well, it was. It was sad for him um, because he was leaving because of his poor health. And, um, and I think Patrick treated the whole <clears throat> transformation and the day that it was done in the studio with great sensitivity and care because he realised that Bill was leaving, not under a cloud exactly, but under rather sad circumstances. So he treated Bill with great respect. This um, time last year I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which was a bit of a shocker, came out of the blue. And so it has been a, a tough year of um, surgery, chemo and radiation. And um, uh, changed a lot of things in my life. I think uh, I've spent an, a tremendous amount of time alone um, which hasn't been lonely, um, which has been, I would say, a time of solitude rather than loneliness, and um, learned to be there for myself, to be present for myself maybe, having been present for others, but to be really present to myself and, and to really love myself through it, um, which is quite a growth for me, I think. I think that's been the struggle of my life. And, and can't, that's the, been the gift of cancer for me. Hello, uh, my name is David Roden and I am the writer of Dimensions in Time. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Mannering Cavisham was, without doubt, the greatest lanternist of the Golden Age. He was also the only supernaturalist who was never exposed as a fraud or a trickster. Cavisham conjured forth the demon he claimed had been pursuing him for years. Not a trick, but an actual demon. Hello? I bet you're not expecting us. Are you members of the Cavisham Society? He is a shaman. A showman. A lanternist, I'd say, from this rather splendid equipment. Mr. Holman is the most respected and admired lanternist in the business. What the devil was that? The sound of death. Are you sure? What could have done this? Doctor, wait and listen. The glass is screaming. Doctor Who, the darkness of glass. Well, I'm afraid you're rather stuck with us. Big finish. We love stories. <laughs>